Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, April 12th. A quick scheduling note here on the show before we get started. Today, Zach Lyons of Football and Other F-Words, our normal long-form Titans conversation that takes place on Tuesday. It's going to be on Thursday. So with that out of the way, coming up on the show today, the Memphis Grizzlies will finally learn who they're going to play in the playoffs. And this is your opportunity to get onto the bandwagon now, early. We've got some historic context and news around the Tennessee Volunteers Athletic Department. But we begin with the Tennessee Titans NFL Draft priorities by talking with Justin Mello of the Music City Audible podcast from Broadway Sports Media and writer for the NFL Draft Network. We are brought to you guys by the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. You guys know the entire story at this point. I've told you all about them, why they're award-winning, why you should trust them, and why their process will help you make great decisions. That's it. That's all you need to know. Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Justin, always a pleasure, man. Great to see you. Thank you for joining the show today. First and foremost, there's a lot of speculation about the future of the quarterback position after next season. Not this season, but after next season. It might be a sneaky good year to grab a guy to sit on the bench for a year. Which quarterback in this draft class best suits the Tennessee Titans' identity and offensive scheme? Yeah, it's, it's a tough question, right? I, th- I think uh, you look at what Desmond Ritter did at Cincinnati. He's probably the prospect they've been most connected to. There's obviously a few connections there with, with Luke Fickle being his head coach, who's Mike Vrabel's best man, uh, was Mike Vrabel's best man at his wedding uh, some time ago. When Ritter went to the NFL Combine, he compared himself to Ryan Tannehill which is quite coincidental. You don't see a lot of uh, quarterback prospects comparing themselves to Ryan Tannehill. And I mean, no disrespect, but they typically, you know, everyone wants to compare themselves to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and so on. But Ritter said, I I feel like I got a lot of Ryan Tannehill in me. I'm a winner at the end of the day. That's all I've ever done. That's what I plan on continue doing. So from a scheme perspective, from a fit, uh, and they've done their homework on this whole class. You know, they, they've been in attendance with Sam Howell's pro day, uh, Matt Corral, even some sleepers, Bailey Zappi, uh, Keel Glass, uh, I, I think Ritter makes some sense uh, from a scheme perspective, and so does Sam Howell from North Carolina. Uh, everybody knows who's listened to this show knows that I have a, a Sam Howell guy since the time he stepped foot on campus at Chapel Hill. Um, top three position. Give me the, the priority of needs for this Titans roster. They've done a lot of different things this offseason. So going into the draft, what, what right now should Titans fans consider as the top three positions of, of need and priority? Still think wide receiver and tight end, both both positions, I think, need to be at the top of that list. I know they went out and got Robert Woods, got Austin Hooper, but you look at Woods sort of replacing Julio Jones on the roster. You don't want to make the same mistake you made a year ago, right, where you didn't have enough depth uh, to keep up with injuries. With Woods obviously coming off an ACL injury, I think you got to be really careful to grab a, a third high-quality receiver there. Tight end's an obvious one after, you know, they got no production from that position last year. Anthony Ferkser, still an unrestricted free agent, probably won't won't be back. Uh, Jeff Swain is back in the mix as a tight end two slash tight end three uh, potentially, but I think you need another guy there. Austin Hooper's only on a one-year contract, right? So you still got to think about the future there. And and then the third position, it's an interesting question to answer because it really depends on whether or not they view Dylan Radins as a tackle or as a guard. Now, I I think they should view Radins as a tackle, but my opinion means little here. Uh, I think when they drafted him, it seems to me that they were addressing the tackle need, but he spent a lot of time this past year practicing getting some reps at left guard. If Dylan Radins is a tackle, I think guard needs to be on on that top three list. If Dylan Radins is a guard, then I think tackle needs to be number three on that list. I tend to agree with that. I think a lot of people agree with those positions. So give me a couple of names that that if the Titans are going to go first round after those positions, some of the names you like at in that that late first round territory. And then give me some names for people to watch 
you know, whether they trade back into the second, whether it's the third round, fourth round to fill those positions of need, what are some of the names you like in each tier and category of the draft? Yeah, I think for at, at receiver in the first round, I think you look at Chris Olave from Ohio State or Traylon Burks uh, out of Arkansas. Chris Olave would sort of give them something they don't really have as a, as a deep threat, a guy that can really get vertical and threaten opposing secondaries and get behind them. Traylon Burks, uh, to me, kind of fits the profile of what they like. Has a little A.J. Brown to his game. I don't know he's quite as athletic or quite as uh, crisp of a route runner, but he's extremely physical, runs routes physically, and creates for himself after the catch due to some of that physical ability. So I think there's some A.J. Brown there to him. Uh, at tackle in the first round, I, think, I don't think you're going to get a Trevor Penning I think that's a guy that they would really like out of Northern Iowa. They were in attendance for his pro day, and I know they like him quite a bit. At guard, I would say Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M or Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Both excellent players, uh, first-round caliber talents. Uh, later in the draft, at receiver, I look at guys like Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Exploded this past year for them. He really was that offense. Uh, had a sneaky good combine. Um a uh, 50-50 ball magician, really good contested catch winner. Look at Calvin Austin out of University of Memphis. Bit of a local connection there uh, with Austin. You've got to be careful with receivers that size. Austin's a smaller guy, but he tested through the roof. You know, the testing was unbelievable at the combine. I think if you are going to draft a, a guy that's that small, he's got to be a great uh, athlete, and Calvin Austin is that. At tackle, one guy I really like uh, a little bit later, this is a bit of a small school sleeper uh, for people, is uh, Matt Willetsko out of North Dakota. Uh, Willetsko is a guy, 36-inch arms. I mean, it, it's almost unheard of. You, you don't see uh, many guys with arm length greater than 36 inches. It's unbelievable. He ran the 40 in just a touch over five seconds at the combine. He's a terrific athlete, a really good scheme fit for their outside zone uh, rushing attack. And then at guard, I look at guys like uh, Dylan Parham out of, out of University of Memphis is a guy that I really like late. I think of uh, center Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. Uh, I, I think of Cam Jurgen, center out of Nebraska. These are all some really good athletes that I think fit what they like to do uh, mid to late round guards. You heard all those names here first from Justin Mello. Make sure you're listening to the Music City Audible podcast, of course, from Broadway Sports Media. And where can people read all of the scribings about all these players you're talking about, Justin? Yeah, uh, head over to the Draft Network as well, draftnetwork.com. Find my Twitter at M underscore NFL. I'm doing a series right now where I interview uh, draft prospects for the Draft Network. It's called the Draft Networking Series. Uh, when it's all said and done, by the time the first round gets here, I'll have interviewed more than 100 prospects in this draft. First round picks, second round picks, seventh rounders, you name it. Uh, I'm sitting down with them all, giving them a chance to tell their story. Uh, and, and speaking of, you know, there's a lot of useful information to be found in those stories. One thing, one last thing I'll mention regarding the Titans. Every tight end I've spoken to in this class, and I literally mean every single tight end, has pretty much told me they've heard from the Titans in some capacity. Some of them have even told me I'm hearing from the Titans a lot. So that goes to show you the Titans have a lot of interest in this tight end class, as they should. Don't be surprised if they draft one second, third, fourth round. So uh, head over to thedraftnetwork.com and check out that series and make sure you listen to Music City Audible. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com, all your Tennessee Titans needs. There you go. Give me Charlie Kohler in the fifth round. I like that. Justin, always a pleasure, my man. Good talking to you, man. Pleasure's always mine. The Tennessee Athletic Department has entered into some rarefied air, some rarefied company, and something I don't think many of us expected to be saying about the University of Tennessee, at least with the way that their programs have been running the last few years, obviously not including Rick Barnes and the basketball program. However, with Tennessee baseball becoming a unanimous number one team across the country, quote, Tennessee now stands alongside future Southeastern Conference member Texas as the only Division I school's 
to ever own the number one national ranking in each of the following sports, football, women's basketball, men's basketball, softball, and baseball. That's arguably the five biggest and most important sports in collegiate athletics. And the University of Tennessee and the University of Texas, the two UTs, are the only programs in the history of NCAA Division I sports to be ranked number one in all five of those sports. So while Tennessee fans have had a lot to deal with over the last decade and a half, the football program has some positive vibes, the basketball program is surging, the baseball program is now on top of the world, the women's basketball program had a nice season, and of course the softball team has been number one in the past as well. So pretty cool. So a pretty cool milestone reached by the University of Tennessee over the weekend. Only Texas and only Tennessee. You want to win a bar bet? The only two Division I schools to be ranked number one overall in the country in men's basketball, women's basketball, softball, baseball, and football are Texas and Tennessee. There's some good news for you, Big Orange. The Memphis Grizzlies clinched the division, the number two record in the West, the number two seed in the tournament, and still have to wait to find out who they're going to play in the first round. That's because the NBA play-in rounds will take place over the course of the next few days, beginning on Tuesday evening. And the Grizzlies will figure out exactly who they're going to play on Tuesday evening. 8.30 p.m. Central Time, TNT. Minnesota will host the Clippers. The winner of that game will move on to be the seven seed and play Memphis in a seven-game series. Now, this is your opportunity as a fan, to support the Memphis Grizzlies and get on board the bandwagon before they become too popular and nobody wants you. This is the key here. Not, we've talked about it. I've talked about how fun they are. We've talked about how special John Morant is as a player, but there's some other things here. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, you know Dylan Brooks, a lot of these guys are just, a lot of these guys have sort of developed into stars. They're not just sort of top lottery picks the way John Morant was. They have a chance, should they make it to the NBA Finals, the Memphis Grizzlies, to be the youngest team in the history of the NBA, according to minutes played based on age, if they get to the NBA Finals. They'll be the youngest team in the history of the league to do it. This is your chance to get on board with a high-level product before it becomes popular and cool and trendy to do it. This is your chance to support something really fun and really good in the state of Tennessee. And frankly, I don't care what sport it is, whether it's the Masters and golf, whether it's basketball or hockey or baseball or football, playoff anything is awesome. And why would we not support playoffs in the state of Tennessee? So the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, will find out who they're going to play in the first round, the Clippers and the Timberwolves. At 8.30 on Tuesday evening, the winner of that game will play Memphis. Game one coming up Saturday, April 16th, the two versus the seven seed in the NBA playoffs. So it's also, here's the other here's the other thing with the NBA playoffs. It's completely wide open. The Suns are the best team and have the best record in the NBA, but there's nothing guaranteed to them at all with Chris Paul. The, the defending champs are the Milwaukee Bucks, but they're not the one seed in the East. Memphis is largely unproven. You've got an MVP candidate in Denver. We, we just don't, the Lakers are nowhere to be found. There's no way to predict what this is going to look like. Luka Doncic is hurt for the Dallas Mavericks going into the playoffs. This is completely wide open. And what that means, the Memphis Grizzlies actually have an opportunity. They actually have a chance to do some damage. And if that's the case, this will be the biggest stage of John Morant's career, and he will shine. So again, this is your opportunity to get on board early before it becomes trendy and popular and hip and cool. John Morant is fun. This team is fun. They're really good. They're really young. They're sort of an underdog across the board in sort of every sense of the word. And this is your chance to support them before they turn into superstars. This is your chance right now with the Memphis Grizzlies before this team with John Morant has won a playoff series. Keep an eye on that play-in tournament in the NBA. The full NBA playoff schedule gets started on Saturday. 
Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. Check out the YouTube page. A lot of great stuff up there, SEC stuff. A lot of the shows are now being posted up on the YouTube page, so please go check that out. Also, remember the name, the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. They are Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, and they are here to help guide you through home ownership, making the best possible financial decisions for your house and family. I promise they're a name you need to remember. That's the Kingston Group. You can follow me on Twitter, Braden Gall, at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports as well. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, April 12th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.